Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Tommy Lank went from Hollywood sidekick to Instagram trash fashion superstar. Now he's sitting down with celebs in their own personal garbage and, well, they're going to talk trash. We should talk Trash. I collect it, I sort it, I count it, and I throw it in my trash can. Hey, it's me, the anthropomorphic trash heap from Fraggle Rock, Tommy Lank, and this is the trash bag. <laughs> the trash bag? Trash. This is the trash bag. <laughs> Just trash cast. Welcome back. <laughs> um, I'm a li- maybe I'm a little, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm hungover because I'm not, but mm. maybe I'm a little... That makes maybe two of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I'm a little tuckered out from my uh, evening last night with Becca Tobin, guest of my first episode, and now my boss from the Lady Gang. Oh, by the way, shout out to the Lady Gang listeners because yeah. so many of them tuned in, and I'm super to happy, super to happy, super happy to have your ear holes listening to me um, and letting me put my 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 vocals into your brain so thank you for listening anyway me and becca tobin had a rager last night oh boy we went to see a girl with no job okay Um, where's that uh she's like a famous instagrammer memer person that sounds weird memer memes she makes memes and does comedy and now she's a stand-up comic anyway she was hilarious and we got to go backstage paris hilton was there whoa 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 she looked amazing and beautiful, but also she was the, the she was wearing pants that were like rip 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 multiple times. It was it was a lot. Was I think a- that we're getting to an extreme. I see girls walking with pants that are like the whole thigh is just ripped out. No, but that's, like, I mean, these aren't pants anymore. They're not. They're they're <laughs> they're sort of accessory socks that go up way high. Yeah, it feels right. Like. Yeah, um, they're they're oversized fishnet. Pantyhose and just the the holes are just anyway. It was a lot of look for Paris. Why am I even talking about Paris Hilton? Okay, the 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 real kicker to the story is that we got a little drunk because my friend. Um, well, I don't want to get him in trouble, but he I won't say who it was, but he uh, he gave us a couple of free drinks and they were very strong. That's good. usually when you go out to like a comedy club or for comedy, it's like weak drinks for twenty dollars. Yeah, no, it was strong drinks drinks for nothing. Just <laughs> just. Wasted. I was no. It wasn't wasted at the get go, but by the end of it, I was a little hammered. Anyway, we we dove into the bar afterwards, and we went. Well, we went and said hello. Met. We didn't meet Paris Holden. I just saw her. Anyway, then we came back. We went to the bar, and Becca. Okay, turns out when she gets drunk, she wants a cigarette. And she's not a smoker. A lot. Of, I'm kind of like that too. Okay. Well, shame on you. I know. I know. Shame on you. I know. Shame on Becca. You guys need to save your your gifts, your vocal gifts, yeah. and not use a cigarette. But anyway, I love that. I did not know this about her that she wanted to. She just wanted one. Just one. I know. But she was too embarrassed 
to bum one from somebody. Yeah, so she made me do it. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I, apparently I thought I was in London, and I'm like, I think they have cigarettes at, at the bar usually. You can buy a bag of chips and cigarettes at a bar. No, not in America. You can't. But apparently I thought we could. So I, I was embarrassed because I, I, I only tried a cigarette once in college t- because we had to do it in the scene for my acting class. Right. Like, it wasn't even for a real life. It was for a character. <laughs> That's how square I am. There's nothing worse, though, than people who are trying to smoke in a scene and they don't know how to do it. Well, it that's me. Wrong. Yeah. That's me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so they said, oh, actually, you can buy cigarettes at the, at the hotel desk, which we had thought about asking, but we were, we were too embarrassed. Anyway, so then she made me go, and, uh, uh, and I had to be like, oh, hmm, what, what kind of ci- – I bought the wrong kind, apparently <laughs> – they were too strong. I had to swap them out. And I'm like, finally, like, just come over here and you choose them. You acknowledge that you want this cigarette. Anyway, in the meantime, Becca, when she gets drunk, makes friends with everyone. There's so many people recognize her from the Lady Gang and from Glee, and she became friends with all of them. We befriended uh, a, a newlywed couple from the Midwest who just moved here, and they now work at the Children's Hospital, which Becca has volunteered there. And we were crying with them. Uh, Becca turned into a licensed marriage family counselor, was fully giving unsolicited therapy. It was kind nobody, of, nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for okay. it, but she, she gave it to them. And I, I was sort of about to cry. Because it was so good. It was so good. It was deeply moving. I think we made a difference in these people's lives. And then Becca... And these, these the newlywed couple from the Midwest kind of square like me. Becca then gives the girl a cigarette and they are smoking. And she's like, oh, my God, I've never done any kind of cigarette before. Oh, my gosh. Does she really have that voice? She did. She, did? she was quite adorable. And so then uh, they smoked a cigarette together and we made friends with everyone. And I f- felt I when I OK, when I had to purchase the cigarette. I felt like I was doing a drug deal. I feel like a rebel. A that's drug how, deal at the hotel front desk. Yes. That's yeah. how naughty I felt. Whoa. And I don't ever want to do it again because I'm afraid I'm going to get a rush. You're not hooked my, now? Parents, my parents are going to yell at me. I'm, <laughs> I'm still afraid. Uh, anyway, so that was my evening. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm glad I survived it. Much more eventful than mine. What did you do? It was a, my, like a friend and mentor of mine from college. It was his 75th birthday. So we had oh. Mexican food at his house and drank some martinis and wine, and then I went home. We talked about <laughs> the arts. It was a very... Um, a very senior, <laughs> a, a, yes. a, just a, a relaxing senior... Yeah. Uh, soiree. A soiree. Yeah. Not even a soiree, just no. sort of a gathering. Gathering, yeah. A gathering. I'm also like a 75-year-old man trapped in a 31-year-old body, so it's like that's totally my scene. Cool. Yeah, okay. You well, know? you know, to each his own. <laughs> um, you know, if you like a sort of light entertainment. Yes. So, uh, you know, sometimes that's that's. It. I thought that I was going to have a lightly entertaining evening, and, and then it turned into a rager. A rager. We raged. <laughs> and now you're hurting a little bit. Yeah. Okay. In a good way. Good, good. Anyway, in this week's episode, I am sitting down and talking some trash with my friend Felicia Day. She kind of invented the legit web series with the Guild. Maybe you watched her on Supernatural, The Librarians, Mystery Science Theater 3000. And 
It just blows my mind that I know someone who wrote a book. She's the New York Times bestselling author of You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost. And she just released her second book. It's it's already charted. She's charting as we speak. I promise I won't say chart anymore. I'm so immature. Anyway, I uh, I sat down with her last week, and we had so much fun catching up and talking some trash. But also, I've started reading her book, her new one. It's so cool. It's kind of like... A self-help, creative, motivational tool, but also it's hilarious. It's just, it's great. Anyway, coming up after the break, we'll talk to Felicia Day. Stay tuned. Give me that trash, give me that trash, yeah. Give me that trash, give me that trash, yeah. Hi, it's me, Tommy Link, and I'm sitting here with my friend. And I'm going to start over. You just opened that piece of paper. You don't mind know, know my name? I know your name, but I wanted to be professional because I wanted you to. Oh, to you want? You, think is this a I, professional podcast? Because I should not be here. <laughs> well, you're. I mean, yeah, it's. I'm trying to be a professional podcast, and and we'll see. You came or, in and you just were like, "I'm a podcaster," and I admire that because I could. I wouldn't know what to do with this stuff. Which is weird because I, just to get into it, like when I think of someone who knows how to, to deal with technology mm-hmm. and uh, smart person things, I think of you. Oh, that's sweet. I do enjoy learning things like this. It's just now that I had a baby, I have no brain left. It's like I got a half lobotomy. So, Are you a podcast <laughs> person? Do you listen to a bunch I of do. podcasts? I do listen to podcasts. I honestly do. I listen to three or four podcasts. I listen to... Um, I listen to my own podcast, Voyage to the Stars, because it's an improv. You got to be on that show. I have been on it twice. You were on it. Okay. See, I have no brain left. <laughs> That's okay. Oh yeah, you <laughs> did a li- yes, you did a live show, of course. Yeah, oh yeah, my god, no. I did. Yeah, why I did am I one... looking at you like? Well, that? see, I am dumb. Well, I listened to that one because clearly I have a, a brain damage, <laughs> but also I don't remember what I say. So it's I, I kind of like listen to me performing for the first time, and I'm like, I'm pretty okay. <laughs> And then I really like, um, there's a parenting podcast I listen to by Janet Lansbury called Unruffled. And it's like, she is very calm, this woman. And she's like, you can do anything. We can do this. And I'm like, wow. And she does this like rye method where you treat your child like a real person. And I'm like, that sounds good. So I listen to that. that rye method where like the babies soothe themselves. I don't do that. Invented in the orphanage or whatever. Yeah, but I don't do that extreme. I do just try to treat her like a normal human being. Like, hey, let's just talking to her like she's a little more mature. I don't do that. Okay. And then I listen to some history podcasts. Um, My favorite right now is Fall of Civilizations podcast, which is like this very dry British man who does this wonderful research on all these civilizations that just collapsed in the horriblest way with details that are so depressing. And I'm like, when you listen to it, you're like, oh, yeah, we're in the middle of a collapse right now. We're getting there. It's happening. But, you know, these take a couple hundred years to really collapse. But I'm like, okay, we're in it. So it's a real soothing way to go to sleep. Okay, well, I was not a podcast person because I, I drive around in silence. I've probably said this before, but I don't. I'm like, I've discovered Chrissy Teigen is the only other person that does this. She tweeted the other day. She's like, I drive around in silence. Am I a murderer? Like, <laughs> I, everyone else listens to music and podcasts. And I just. No, I, I like to turn it off. And I just. And I always joke saying that like, oh, we're everyone's just shoving their heads full of other people's thoughts. But subscribe to my podcast. 
I um, agree with you. In my book, I haven't. It's like I'm recommending just be bored a little bit more. I think we need less stimulation, honestly. Like less is better, and the more that we gets thrown at us, the better it is to just like uh, you know what? I don't need any of your crap. All right, I'm doing my own thing, or I'm just sitting in silence. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I haven't read your book yet, but I'm, I imagine I'm going to be obsessed. I with mean, it. I literally wrote in the book dedicated to you, Tommy. You don't need to be more creative. Like you're one of the most creative people I know. So I don't. But I think you'll have fun with it because you are so creative. You'll be like, when I say draw a really crappy horse, you're gonna have fun drawing drawing a crappy horse. So I think you're gonna like the book. My book is called Embrace Your Weird. Yeah, we haven't, your I haven't fears even introduced it yet. And Embrace unleash your weird. Face your fears and unleash creativity. Yes. While we're here at it, um, Felicia, her first book is a New York Times bestseller. You're never weird on the internet, parentheses almost. And this is her follow up to that. And how does and how does it work? I um I did do a forty page proposal. I put to, that's the, the thing huge... that I cannot get past is that the forty page proposal seems like I might as well just write the whole book. I that mean, just seems like I thought so too, but then I got into the actual writing of it. It was like, oh no, what did I sign up to do? I, I, I just was going to do exercises, right? And then suddenly my editor's like, just write more. People want to hear from you, and I was yeah. like, oh no, it's a real book. And so it was really hard to kind of like, oh my gosh, I have to write about procrastination. I am going to just procrastinate. <laughs> it was actually quite ironic, but working through the book and making the book happen and always challenging myself to be like, how can you make this subject funner? Because a lot of people lecture about how to be creative and there's a lot of self-help books out there that are just all full of woo-woo, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Not my deal uh, at all. Although like The Artist Way and other creativity books have gotten me where I am today because I needed those like boosts to get off my ass. So did this start out as more of like a, a workbook type book? Yes, and it does. Know. It is a workbook. Like there are there are like many so many fun, many there's game. There's assignments. Yes. There's exercises. Yes. There's a lot of pictures. There's a lot of illustrations that I didn't do, but if I could draw, these are how I would want them to work. Um, so I did send them like, hey, do a roided out unicorn, and then they would send me a picture, and I would be like, oh, I love it because I cannot draw at all. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of really funny things in there, and they all tie into the narrative. And I'm I don't know, I just love it. And I hope that people find it useful. That's all I care about. Um, I'm so excited to read it because I am a huge procrastinator. I find that like when I did my show this past summer, I just have to name the show and make the poster and, and send it to the people. And then I've got nine months to figure out what the show is. I cannot believe you did that. See, I admire, I, my dream is to do a show. I will trade you accountability for a show uh -huh. if you trade me accountability for a book. Okay, I will well, do it. Because I want to do a coffee table book with pictures oh, and stuff. Uh, that, you could do that in a second. You know, the, t the look book. The oh, look the look book. book. you got to do that. Why, I know. Why don't you even, I'll help you put the proposal together. Okay, thank you. Okay, so wait, I have assignments that I gave myself. Oh, okay. Is there any question that people ask you a lot in interviews where you're like, ugh, I don't want to answer that anymore. Hasn't anyone looked up another interview of me so they know I've answered that a thousand times? I'm so sorry. I mean... Um, I thought for sure, I thought for sure you were going to say, um, I'm sick of uh, people asking me what happened to that hat that I wore on Buffy. Oh, God! <laughs> We've known each other so long, I know. Tommy. We, we met in what, like two thousand two, two thousand thirteen, dude, two thousand three, and we two thousand three like, guys because that was the year I was on Buffy. Two thousand three to two thousand four, right? Because oh it ended God. in two thousand four, right? That stupid hat. hat, but it was your hat. Yeah, I accidentally went to the fitting with that hat on my head, and they were like, "Let's do that," <laughs> and they curled my hair, and and okay. They curled my hair up and over, and I decided to get those thick, thick. 
really obvious highlights, like those inch. I did too. Wide. I had. I also had very thick highlights, so you weren't alone. <laughs> they were so thick. What? And they're just like a stripe. I'm a zebra. I'm a red and white zebra. And they flip it up. <laughs> and my I had not fixed my teeth at that point. So my teeth are my front teeth are still very crooked. I looked like a chipmunk. I was like, God, girl, nobody was going to hire you with that face. But they did. You have a great face. I, uh, OK, here's the thing. So like, great. You like my hat. You want to use it. But then why do they keep making you? It's like people don't wear a hat every day in real life. Why? I was determined. I believed. Remember, it was like episode three. That hat was still around. And I was like, they're going to take it off. And I have a demon under here. And that's how they kill me off. That's how I thought they were going to kill me off. And they would put stripes on stripes. Oh, I was like shaggy from they Scooby-Doo. Hate, oh, the, uh, I, the outfits that I wore... On that show, also like I did, I did it to myself too. I'm like, hey, can I wear the SpongeBob T-shirt? Oh no! And they got clearance from Nickelodeon Fox, so I could wear the SpongeBob shirt. But like uh, the the ill-fitting things that they put on me, that I was like, yeah, I look really cool. No, was it just the era? Was it just the early 2000s? Because it was just bad. I, I don't know. I there was like that was, I, that was the height of the Uggs. Because I remember Sarah Michelle Gellar was wearing Uggs, and I was like, what are these furry boots she's yeah, wearing? And like, everybody oh, wanted to wear. Oh, so glamorous. Uh, your character survived, right? Uh, yes. Yes. So what what would he be doing now? What are you? Well, what are we doing know. in the? Because I'm in. Did you the, read the comic books? Or well, anything? in the on the comic books, canon wise, I was the head of the New York Slayers. Mm. I was the head of New York Slayers. So they're doing a reboot, which I don't know. Do we if get it's to happening. come back? I no. mean, they're, they're rebooting it. They're gonna. It's gonna be no, all but new it's not actors. a re- No, it's not because I heard that it's in the continuity. But if, but if it's gonna be a new Buffy. It's not continuing because she's gonna be it's younger. It's not continuing. She's just well. She. It's not Buffy. It's a new Slayer. She's supposed to be an African American Slayer, right? Are they just going to call it Slayer, or maybe she's not Buffy? I thought she wasn't Buffy. It's a whole new retcon. She's just another girl who is going to be the head Slayer. Oh. Is that true? Am I, I starting a maybe rumor the... right now? Yeah, maybe. I swear to God, it, they then they came out and they're like, no, 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 all the characters are canon. They're not replacing or rebooting Buffy. They're it's just not like doing what they did with tank. Charmed, where it's like all new. No, people. is that good? I haven't watched it. I, I just watch recently watched the very first episode of Charmed. Was it the good? The original one. Was it good? <laughs> it's so, it's just, it's very Scooby-Doo. Oh, really? Yeah. But I it's, feel like I kind of like those kind of shows. Like yeah. I'm, I'm sad Supernatural's going off because that's the last one of those. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I feel like Supernatural is our murder she wrote. <laughs> I haven't watched Supernatural, which makes me a very bad friend, but. Oh, it doesn't matter. I feel like it's. It, I've never it, seen anything you've been in. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Wrong. No, but like, I feel like it, it, it goes into that same place of. Solving crimes, like it's sort of therapeutic and repetitive, and it's um, it's very comforting. Comforting. It's that's like what a I'm nice for. minestrone. <laughs> you know, you just put it on a warm day. You don't know what you're going to get, but you know it's going to be a set number of vegetables. But it's going to be a different <laughs> configuration of vegetables, and it'll always be warm and tasty. <laughs> also, on a warm day, I love minestrone. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I guess my character on Buffy then became. Like he runs the stuff with Giles or really? whatever. Really? Oh yeah, the Watcher stuff. And apparently he comes out in it. In it. Should we just start episode. doing a spinoff? <laughs> Should we do our un our own unofficial official? Yeah, our non-canon. Non-canon spin-off? Slayer vampire. Like we never say what it is or yeah, what the characters' names like, are. Exactly. With with a stake, you're going to attack <laughs> the attackers. 
We're going to get in so much trouble if we make this. Um, so on the trash cast, I like to find out, is there anything on your like Wikipedia page or your um, IMDb trivia or whatever uh, that you have that has bothered you and wish you wish that you could throw oh. away? I don't like, hey, how does it feel like to be the queen of the geeks? And I'm like, I don't like it. And I don't know how many times. And I don't want to be mean to people because being queen of the geeks has got me some good headlines. And I am not don't consider myself the queen of the geeks, but I do appreciate being anointed just for a headline because maybe people have supported my work more. But at the same time, being a queen, it feels like you're putting yourself on a pedestal and you're yeah. being kind of a jerk. And I never called myself that. I never wore it as a badge of honor. And I would, I'm happy being grand duchess. Well, you are a queen. And I mean queen Aww. in that sense that the way that they say it on Broad City, like you are a queen. But I don't know. Do you think Beyonce refers her? To herself as a queen. No, but she loves people referring to her as a queen. You know she does because she deserves it. Well, um, interesting that you brought that up because uh, you have a quote that I really liked. Oh. Um, it says, the substance of what it means to be a geek is essentially someone who's brave enough to love something against judgment. The heart of being a geek is a little bit of rejection. Oh, did I say that? Apparently you did. I mean, I, I'm very profound. Uh, it's very profound. I mean, yeah. It makes me want to cry. It's such Aww. a beautiful thing to say. Also, because I did my dumb, one of my dumb, dumb solo shows that I recorded, and you can watch it on Amazon Prime now if you want. What? Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's from like seven years ago, and I, that show was called Nerdgasm, and I was trying to like define, I remember trying to tell the audience what a nerd was and what geekdom yeah. was about. And I could never really find the right words. And I regret that I'm now finding your quote. Oh. What, what, I, what I don't like, you know, I think people call, they have this nerd geek thing that's thrown around real, real casual like. And I feel like it kind of refers to people being professional consumers of things. Mm, mm-hmm. And I think that kind of demeans what the heart of geekdom is to me. I feel yeah. like I'm an outsider. I'll always be an outsider. I'll always be a nonconformist. I'll always be considered weird by the majority of quote unquote mainstream people. Yeah. And I'm confident and happy to be that. I mean, I'd rather do that than fit into like whatever people like woo girls or whatever. Like, God bless you. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's the thing that people miss when they make cliches about nerds and geeks. The thing that bothers me when people are like, oh my God, I'm a total, I don't know, like I'm a total Ariana Grande nerd. <laughs> it's like no you don't under you, okay nerd when i was growing up and geek had a negative connotation mm-hmm. and so you, we, we sort of reclaimed it which is good and turned it into a new thing but it was like to be able to say that you were one you sort of had to have gone through a certain set of challenges in life you know not just be like like you said like a, just a an a massive aficionado, consu- yeah. aficionado of something. Yeah. yeah, you're a fan, you're not, not a, a necessarily you're not a, a geek. You're you're just yeah, you're a fan. You're I a mean, nerd. I think I if I met somebody who really liked Ariana Grande, that would be a fan. If I met somebody who literally knew every single thing about Ariana Grande and maybe had a, a, a fan account to her, like that would be like, oh, you're a nerd about her, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think it's also the intensity of knowledge. You kind of have to be required to be knowledgeable about something if you're a quote unquote a nerd. I mean, most sports people are nerds about their sports That's team, true. right? There, I guess there does, the the word nerd does have a certain amount of, I think we associate a level of intelligence as well. Or education, yeah. To be able to like speak knowledgeably about the whatever subject that you're. I mean, I don't want to gatekeep anybody, but obsessive. I do, but I, the, there is a quality that you're saying. Like there is a quality of being a reject, be re, being rejected for your views, right? And yeah. being made outside the norm. And that is the central, and being 
And then the process of being okay with being that is kind of like my version of being a geek. Well, I will say in probably in having to deal with the, the queen of the, the geek label, that is a lot of pressure for people to put on top of you because then it's you're like I don't know do I speak for everyone I, didn't I know to and be then a role it model. basically puts you a target on your face for anybody on reddit to be like I, exactly. I hate her I hate her I'm not a fan of her there is a large group of people who are like yes she is her queen like we need someone to like so that that is a good thing is I mean that, it's good like, to have a role model that there are people out there also I think which is so important is that for people for you to be like yeah I'm, I have I'm a geek I'm or a nerd. I like video games, and you you made a show about it, and you're like, but also I'm a woman who is making my own show and paving the way, and it's gonna like open so many doors for so many women after you. Yeah, I, I didn't did, I did not set out to do that. That was not a deliberate thing. I literally was just like, I want to be me. I want to show people me. I want to make something that's funny that makes me laugh, right? And so all the 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 coincidentals of it being a woman who's in the geek i mean i've literally never thought i'm going to show people that women game you know i guess there was a little quality of like people were disbelieving when i said i played video games and i was kind of pissed off and i was like i'll show you who i am so but it was more about my identity versus like i'm showing you my whole gender has a place here right yeah there was no like issue driven motivation it was more just i just want to represent myself i have to make this thing yeah i just need to be seen um do you think Going back to the the book and the assignments, like, do you think as actors, that's kind of the one thing we do lack is sort of a daily practice of oh, for sure, what we're supposed to. I don't be even doing? know if I call myself an actor. Like, I don't <laughs> what know. Do you, what do you mean? I do enjoy acting, and I feel like I'm good at it. But I'm not like that's not my passion to be like. I can't wait to dig into a scene today. I can't wait to create a character today, well, right? Yeah, because those are like those are the people that drive us crazy. Okay, they're just it's, yes. You're, my it boggles my mind to think that like you have a math degree and you have a music degree. You're basically a orchestra level violin player. Like you, but you're the same way. You like are an amazing musician. I'm like. I'm not like you. Like I'm, I, I can fake. I'm kind of good at, at, at a bunch of You're a different idiot. little things. You're an idiot. But I'm not like You're prof- I'm not like good. orchestra level violin. What made you all of a sudden be like, nah? I want to go. I want to do the acting thing. Like I know I'm great at that other stuff because this is me thinking all the time. I'm like, oh my god, how did I get here? How do I get out? What else could I do? I have no other marketable skills. I know, and I, I think about you, like, oh my gosh, she could be a math professor. She could play in an orchestra. Oh you god. have all these skills, but you. If I you, never even think about those as backup plans. You're right. I got some backup plans. You got backup plans. But I never also, think about it. If if you have a backup plan, you will fall on it. So it's good yeah. to not have one. But like, what? made you where you were just like yeah i'm bored with that i want to do this thing i mean mass was always just like checkbox i got a degree and music was something i loved but i saw the possibilities of where i could go with it as a career and i did not see there was a lot of like i mean i always have like a sort of an ego that i'm like i'm gonna be a star i mean i yeah. i don't know why i don't know who put that in my and i'm not actually that big a performer i don't love people watching me it's not like i relish it and like you know how people are like you know, actors are like, I love to be on. I want to walk in a room and everybody stare at me. Like, I'm not that person. <laughs> and yet I had this sort of inner confidence. Like, I have a, a right to be seen, right? And so I always wanted to be an actor. I wanted to go and play. And it, it was because I did a lot of theater as a kid. I always had the most fun around hu- other human beings when I was playing and yeah. kind of had a script. And we were doing dancing and singing and acting together. So I had this blind idea that, I'm going to be a star. I mean, it was really that stupid. I 
can I totally to, relate to that because right? I sometimes think like, what made you think you could be? Did you not see in other movies like what actors typically look like? What what gave you the blind confidence to be like, yeah, I'm going to do that? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I just know that I didn't want to teach for the rest of my life. I didn't want to just play in the orchestra because I did it for That's years. That's the thing. When you're in an orchestra, it's never about you. No. You're never the center of attention. You're playing you're the one same pieces over and over again. I was like, I could do a trio, but, I, you know. Basically, I had tendonitis in my finger and I was having some injury issues. So it's like, oh, is my finger going to break and then I don't do anything and then I'm mediocre. I wasn't quite devoted enough to go to a huge graduate program and get into debt to get a graduate degree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Classical music has a very narrow pathway. And unless you're a savant, it's they're not great options, to be honest with you. And I didn't want to just kind of be like, that's my path. I personally like not knowing where I'm going right this second. I'm in a life crisis and I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in five years. And I'm like kind of happy about it. <laughs> that is so wild to hear because I, that, I just think of you as, yeah, like she, of, of all, of all my friends, like she has got her stuff oh, together. No, I am not together at all. I have no idea what I'm doing. Even to, I don't, I mean, I have my book coming out and after that I've like fired a bunch of people. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm so ha- much happier to just try to figure it out. Like the process of figuring myself out as a human being is always very interesting to me. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a, a lot of depths of torment. I've, I've had a, like a lot of therapy. I've had to get to my, know myself over and over again. I've had nervous breakdowns. And I think my identity, you know, identity is very malleable, really. Yeah. We are what, how we react to the world and uh, how we absorb the information. You know, we are, I think we're just kind of a sponge and we got some genetic programming underneath that kind of makes us lean one way or another. But yeah. we're very fluid and as people, right? Yeah. And I think we should be. We should be open to changing and becoming some. So like right now, I was really neurotic earlier this year because I was panicking. I left all my people who were not that bad. It was just like I needed something. I just need to be alone. I literally was like, put me in a cave. I need to figure <laughs> myself out. So rather than just like going to Aruba or doing my eat, pray, love, I'm like in my house writing a book. And that helped me put back myself back together. Oh. And now I'm... I just want to be empty for a little bit because I don't know. Do I want to write a one woman show? Do I want to move to Portugal and learn how to do like those custard tarts? Do I, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding. Do I move to Seattle and open like a community center for geeks? Like I, I am literally at a crossroads. I'm like, I just want to do something that it's not just pleasing Hollywood. Video game bakery. Oh God, that sounds amazing. I will totally do that with you. Really? But also puppy cafe, puppy, 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 video game. (laughs) I don't know. I got a lot of ideas I never follow through on. Um, uh, well, okay, so I had a a thing like around last New Year's, and I just sat and watched British crime shows for like three weeks, and I did <laughs> nothing, and I felt so guilty about it. And I was talking that's to my okay therapist about it, and he was like, "Well, you know, there's this thing called lying fallow," and I'm like, "What's that? It sounds expensive." <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's a." He's like, "I'll." I'll find you the paper. He's like, I read a thing about it. Who sent it to me? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you. It's just about how, uh, like, when when you're farming crops, you know, you farm for a few years on a piece of land, and then you have to let the land lie fallow. Yeah. And just sort of regain its nutrients. And so apparently as artists and creative people, we need time That's to exactly just what I wanna do. be bored, to bring it full circle to what we started with, be bored and let your mind get filled with stuff. Because also, like... You need time to step away and not be inspired by other things. Like, you just want to, like, come up with your own original stuff, right? Yes, that's what I want. And uh, I spent the last probably two years uh, just trying to please Hollywood. Just, like, 
what can I pitch that one of these people will like yeah. and will accept me and approve of this pitch? And, oh, no, I keep getting rejected. I must be a terrible writer. I think I'm going to quit and go to graduate school for I don't know what. <laughs> and so I got into that mindset because I've never been accepted by the mainstream. I've never really done anything Hollywood really acknowledged that much besides, like, getting invited to some parties because I'm an influencer sometimes. And so creatively... I was betraying myself and also not even doing a good job of it because nothing I come up with is probably going to be acceptable to the mainstream in Hollywood. So why not just like figure myself out? If I come up with an idea I love, I'll pitch it to them. They'll probably reject it like they did this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's okay because I can walk out of there not caring anymore because I'm like – I. I'm not going to think that I'm a worse person because they don't want me. I'm yeah. not going to think that my idea is not a good idea because they didn't like it. I know it's a good idea. I know that I'm a good person. And it just didn't fit what they needed. And if I could find that power in auditions, I'd actually be working. But I can only do it with things that I'm, I'm pitching. Because I, I know I can walk out of the door and take it with me. That's, I think, the difference. Yeah. When we come back, um, we're going to do Trash or Treasure with Felicia and see what she's brought me. Okay. Are you going to trash it or stash it? Okay, Felicia, <laughs> it's that time. Okay. Uh, so this this is the main gig of the podcast where I ask you to uh, ask you to prepare me two items or more if you did, couldn't decide. Um, of one's trash, one's a treasure, and you're not going to tell me what's what. You're okay. just going to present it to me, and we're going to describe them together, and then okay. I'm going to try and figure it out. Okay. This is great. This is a very good a visual object for an audio medium. Wonderful. I okay. know. Well, and I've yet to find out if people respond to it <laughs> hearing <laughs> objects being described so I, I, this podcast could be canceled at any time Yay! anyway okay Good so the I, stakes are low yes <laughs> two i two items in okay. front of me i have one is a, a, a looks like t it's a crown or t a tiara it's made a of, beautiful tiara made of spun um metal it is yeah. uh you will notice that there are several colors here yeah it looks like there's like maybe a copper a silver and a Kind of a green situation. sort of a green type metal wire custom fit to my head okay and okay. it's um you know it looks sort of like irish or it has a sort of celtic quality yes, to it yes a very celtic quality celtic and then um the other item you supplied me with is a bobblehead <laughs> and it says edgar of all trades at egg spoonie or ed egg eg eg spoonie eg spoonie yeah it's a man. He's wearing glasses. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I'm not gonna have you explain it any further because I'm gonna try and decide with this information. Which one is trash and which, which one, one is trash? Trash. <laughs> okay. I should, she did give me a little info about this tiara that was fitted for her. Did head. I mess it up? Did no, I no, it's up? fine. Okay, and this, this. I'm just gonna examine. It's like a heavy bobble. Seems like it's made of glass she she did seem like she got a little tense when i lifted it up off the table like it's maybe fragile and expensive i feel uh, like, you think that's fragile and expensive i don't know i feel like the obvious choice would be to say like that this t this tiara means a lot to you <sighs> but maybe it's this bobblehead okay i'm gonna say you no longer want this bobblehead and that this crown 
is deeply meaningful to you. Am I correct? Bonk! Wrong! What? Wrong. This crown is trash. I've been trying to get rid of this thing for a long time. Oh, my God. What? I don't even know where I got it. Somebody put it in my bag at some point as some stupid con. It's really annoying and it also is just uncomfortable on your head and so it's not even like re- it's just like made of wire it's I mean, not even it's like it's just real... made of wire it's made of i mean it's not horrible where am i wearing a tiara i mean yeah, i no, might keep it like, and give like, it to my no, child I... as a piece of trash <laughs> well yeah maybe it will be good for um for like princess play or you know Her, i don't let my daughter do princess play I was gonna unless say, she I really have. wants I said to, that out loud and then i regret it i will support her as a princess if she wants to be but she'll be a princess I, with a sword okay i will say um this is like your we're in your sort of office creative studio space mm-hmm. and there's like a little area for the kiddo she's taken out she's taken over pretty much the whole back half of and the it's room. totally uh gender non-conforming it's like a play table there's trucks toys instruments a weird scary walrus yep there's there's a, a miniature blender but there's a, a next to it's a big bridge um there's you know, like it's anything she likes yeah so that's not like there's no princess stuff and it's there's very no... montessori i try to make her area a montessori which is like where <laughs> is you she, make kids she like, wash to play their own with, dishes. Like, dolls <laughs> wait what they wash their own dishes oh my god no there is a montessori book that I read before she was born about raising uh, children, infants in Montessori. And there's a, there's literally a page in there that's like, as soon as your child turns 18 months, they are capable of helping you prepare their food. Uh, prepare a baby cleaver so that they can cut their own vegetables with it. No. Perhaps dull the edge. No. This is 100% from a book no. that I read about raising your child Montessori. No, that's like that's like those videos when they throw the babies in the pool and the baby like rolls itself over and floats on it's top so good, of the water. so good, though. I love it when they do that. I did not do that with her. She's going it's on so two scary. years of so uh, she's going on two years of uh, lessons and still can't back float. I don't know what's going on over there. Okay, Anywho, well, well, your baby is not winning the baby games. Nope. Um, okay, okay, so tell me about this E.G. Spoonie okay. head bobble guy. This is, is for my friend Edgar Edgar Garcia. So Edgar is a friend. He has been my probably one of my oldest online friends. He was. I had a, a forum that I programmed myself on FeliciaDay.com, and I created it after Buffy. So I programmed it. It was terrible. (laughs) And I put a forum on there just to hang out with my fans. This was before the guild. Okay. And so Edgar was a guy who just really liked my work online. And he became kind of my webmaster. He still is my webmaster. Oh my God, that's so cool. This is like 20, oh God, is it? It's like 15 years later, right? So he would vet my emails, right? After the guild, I would get a lot of offers. And so he, people would send me stuff at FeliciaDay.com and he would cover it and he'd send me anything that was appropriately cool. But Edgar has a little bit of a scamp about him. And so when he, somebody emailed saying, hey, we can make you bobbleheads of yourself and you could sell them. And at the time I wasn't smart about monetizing myself. And I was like, no, I can't do that. Stupid. Always monetize yourself. You need to pay for yourself when you are less popular. But so um, I was like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, well, I'm going to take him up on the offer. I'm like, what? So suddenly Edgar shows up. He sends me this bottom level head. It's a pit. He is a very dapper Hispanic man with glasses and a goatee and like a, a fade on the side. Yeah, he has a great haircut. And he put. He made a bobblehead of himself and bought them, and he would go around to conventions <laughs> dropping them off to fans and everything, and he put Edgar of all trades, edgargarcia.com, at, at E.G. Spoonie is his Twitter handle, and it's on his chest. And then on the sides, it's FeliciaDay.com, <laughs> and you'retheedgar.com, and WatchTheGuild.com. How many did he get made of these? I, I think way too many. 
Did like hundreds. Like a I, garage full? I don't know. He gave a lot mini, away. Mini me's? At least a couple hundred. Um, anyway, he got a very good price. I will say they're, they're very, they're like high quality. Like, it's a high quality bobblehead. It's not just like a hollow plastic. Like, it feels pretty heavy. And Calliope loves this toy. I, she has been playing with this since she was born. For some reason, she found it. And so I have all these pictures and I sent Edgar pictures of her like kicking his head around. <laughs> And this anyway, is, uh, so she, this so you will don't come off. Oh, yeah. oh, his head will come off just because Calliope like collapsed oh. a bit. Look inside. This is a high quality bobblehead. I should have taken these like, people up on this. Like die cast. No, no, it's lovely. Like heavy. It would have been a really. It would have been a, a, a good seller. Anyway, I've never. It's never too late for a Felicia Day bobblehead. It might be too opinion. late for me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess this is this means something to me because I have a lot of fan objects that people have made for me. Around you'll see, there's a whole shelf over there of codexes. There's some paintings that. People have made for me of my face. Uh, there's, you know, dice that people have given me. So I actually keep a, a lot of stuff that people give me. But this one is special because not only has Edgar been a good friend of mine and I met him online. He's just a random person on there doing some favors for me. And then, you know, he's just a good friend and I want to support him as a person. He's a lovely individual and I'm blessed to know him. And this is kind of the best of the Internet right here. God, I love this story so much. Aw, and you got it wrong. <laughs> I totally got it wrong. Well, I, I, I was leaning towards that. I deliberately I know. did it. You totally tricked me. I was me. almost selling it too hard. <sighs> custom fit. This is not custom fit. Is my head this warped? This is. I, uh, <laughs> oh, so that was a lie. You, yeah, yeah, you totally. A lie. That was I'm a so lie. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I talked your ear off. Um, thank you for bringing me into your home. Oh, also, you, you get to decide if you're really over this tiara. I'm going to take it with me. Oh my God. Yes. And we're going to auction it off. Do it. For charity. Oh, it's beautiful. Take that away. Okay. Uh, you've been listening to the trash cast. I'm your host, Tommy Lank. This is Felicia Day. Her book is out. It's out and ready for you to purchase. Embrace your weird, face your fears, and unleash creativity. That's her new book. And you can also get her first book, um, You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost. almost. And uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, you can also, if you want to watch back issues, back issues, back episodes, she's got uh, Mystery Science Theater, Supernatural, The Librarians. You listen to Voyage to the Stars. If Voyage you to like the Stars. If you like, it's an improvised sci fi comedy podcast. And I'm on it sometimes. It's which I forgot about. I literally knew that when I was looking at you. I know, but it's fine. We've done so many things together that I forget. Like, I forget that we just used to come to my house and play... We used to play video, music. violin and music together. We play Beatles songs on the piano. We who to... was the person that played with us? Oh, God, who was that? Was it I a totally cello forgot. player? Yeah, was it a cellist? When who did we do friend? that? I don't know. Who was that? We took improv class for a while oh together. Oh my gosh. What am, There's I just know. been so many things we've done that I keep forgetting about. Anyway. I know, but we are fast friends and we will always be friends. Yay. Um, to friendship. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, share, do all the things you're Give supposed to. Give him a rating. To. Just rate him. Five stars is the only appropriate rating. <laughs> thanks for listening to the Trash Cast with me, Tommy Link. You can find me on the socials at Tommy Lank on Instagram, TikTok, etc. Or if you're on Twitter, I'm at Tom Lank. This has been a Lady Gang Network podcast for Podcast One, produced by Will Sterling. And if you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and share on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app. <laughs>